Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. We're so blessed that you're joining us today. You know, ever since 9-11, terrorism has been on the minds of Americans off and on, but never consistently. You know, proof, let's just say, Oklahoma City bombing. And for those old enough to remember, it just sparked a memory, our Waco massacre. You could visualize the live newscast. There are others. So terrorism has been here a while. 9-11 just kind of codified it in the minds of people. But now it's even slipping off the memory. You know, there are, think about it, folks. There are people graduating high school today that weren't even born on 9-11, right? Since COVID started, there's not been much coverage of terrorism or terrorist threats at all. It seems as if the media just grew tired of covering these things and would much rather dwell on lockdowns and things like that. Many Americans also feel as if this nation is somehow immune now to major attacks, but that's not the case, not at all. To help illustrate that point and to bring this awareness to the forefront again, my guest today has written a book titled Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you. Joseph Leonard is a Christian author, a very non-traditional Christian book published by Illuminati Media. Joseph hails from Michigan, which is where I was born and raised, and has been involved in Michigan politics and activism since 1978. Help me welcome to the program, Joseph Leonard. Joseph, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join us today. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. I do need to clarify one thing about my name. You okay. pronounced it right, but I have to go by Joseph M. Leonard because uh-huh. I'm Joseph Leonard from Michigan, but weirdly enough, there's a Joseph Leonard in North Carolina that writes Christian books. <laughs> so okay. to avoid <laughs> confusion, I don't know what his middle name or middle initial is, but, you know, I, and I'm concerned, well, Maybe people think I'm him and I'm just using my middle name because this is a different book than he usually writes. No, we're actually two different people. Amen. Amen. I don't have a North Carolina address. <laughs> Amen. Well, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Joseph M. Leonard? <laughs> well, I'm born and raised in Michigan, and despite absolutely hating Michigan winters, I do choose to stay. (laughs) I'm in a southern suburb of Detroit, Wyandotte, and it's a great little community, which is why I stay. The family's been in this town, uh, you know, generations, and and I love it. So I stay. We have our own power and water company. Usually when government gets involved in anything, they screw things up. But (laughs) This was started long ago and thankfully is run well. And we pay less for our electric and water here than anywhere else. So mm. 
I mean, that's a bonus, and it's a great little town. You know, we got a wonderful little downtown area, uh, Biddle Avenue, uh, you know, different shops, eateries, you know, clothing places. Used to be a great record store, but, of course, nobody sells records anymore. Or, or they're coming back, actually. Vinyl is coming back. But I, uh, I played hockey growing up, uh, played through high school, but unfortunately – didn't get the chance to go on to like play for a college for that to go anywhere. And I have the creative gene in me through my family. My dad and my dad's dad both had polka bands. Mm -hmm. Well, I did get into music. I played the guitar and the, and other instruments, but I certainly wasn't interested in polka banding. <laughs> so but I did write some tunes, record some tunes. But, you know, this is back in the 80s mm -hmm. when, you know, before the Internet, you know, anyone oh, yeah. can record a song now, put it online and sell it. Uh, my tunes weren't certainly good enough to get a record deal <laughs> that you had to have Amen. back then to, to release it. My dad had uh, the band called the Polka Kings, and you mm -hmm. can look them up still. Uh, they yeah. had uh five albums i think and yeah. you know they toured all throughout uh, the country uh yeah. playing uh so my, i have my family create... my family has a background in polka music as well oh. uh, my grandfather had uh, a group called the pavlik brothers and oh you know, okay and my uncle you know, they they've all moved on now to to the lord but uh except for one uncle Uncle Ted, Ted Pavlik, he still has a group of players. He's 90-some years old, and they still do half a dozen gigs, you know, in the Michigan area every year. And, uh, yeah, the Pavlik uh -huh. Brothers. So, I, I've oh, yeah. heard the name, so I'm aware of it, yeah, because I volunteer for the local church festivals. I deal blackjack, mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they always have polka bands come and play. Mm -hmm. So the creative gene is in me, but I took it in another direction then because yeah. music wasn't going to work. So I started writing, you know, poetry and short stories. And one interesting thing I like to tell is that a local station, you may know of them, CJOM, they were mm -hmm. 89X. They are actually okay. out of Windsor, Ontario. Okay. Yeah. And they had a radio contest where it was write a radio play, a brief radio play based on this song this week. And they picked Eyes Without a Face by Billy Idol. So mm. I wrote a radio play called The Adventures of Detective Idol, spelled I-D-L-E, so it'd be different than I-D-O-L for Billy mm -hmm. Idol. Yeah. And it won the contest. Praise the Lord. You know, I took bits and pieces from the song, and to me, it turned into a drug deal gone bad, and this woman hires Detective Idol to help her track down the drug dealer who still owes her money, and <laughs> it won the contest. Amen. So Amen. they pro professionally produced, the, you know, the brief radio play, and it played for yeah. a while. Unfortunately, again, that, that was the early 80s, so long before digital recording. Uh, so I lost the cassette that it's on. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it's at. 
Yeah. I'm going to call the station and see if maybe they could dig it up in their archives. But, yeah, you know, well. that then really further fueled, uh, you know, my writing yeah. interest. Because yeah, you've written I, other books in the past, but what makes this book, Terror Strikes, so special? And why do you believe this is the right time to release it? Yeah, this book, well, all everything I've written actually has come to me in a dream. This book came to me in a dream in 2006, and I started writing it in 2006. You'll see on the copyright page, 2006 and 2022 is the copyright. I got about half the book done in 2006, and it just wasn't working right. So I set it aside. But then last year, the dreams came back, and I saw that, okay, now is absolutely the right time because you mentioned at the beginning correctly it's not like terrorism went away it's just that the enemy media as i call them are focusing on the virus hysteria even though there's a 98.8 percent survivability rate so terrorism has taken the back burner with some exceptions like the waukesha wisconsin christmas attack and CNN probably only covered it because they at first thought it was a horrible accident. They were reporting it as, oh, my God, somebody turned the wrong way, went and ran into these people during this Christmas parade. And once the terrorism route started showing, they kind of quickly dropped the story. So terrorism hasn't stopped. And after 9-11, I was indeed one of those people that swore to never forget. And mm -hmm. I have not forgotten. And in fact, I have a 9-11 memorial tattoo on my right arm in commemoration of those lost that day. And, the, you know, the first responders still suffering from the recovery from that day. And sadly, there are a lot of people that have forgotten. And in one of my chapters, uh, Naperville, Illinois, it takes place. And, and Teresa discovers that she has been more of an ostrich than the mama bear she needs to be regarding this topic mm. when it hits home for her. I don't want to give away the yeah. chapter, yeah. but <laughs> Amen. Well, so it is indeed people are forgetting. Yeah. You have yeah. to live your life. I'm not saying yeah. don't live right. your life. Don't be scared. Don't let them terrorize you. You just have to be aware of what is going on around you. Right. And your book's not just about terrorism, though, right? Correct. There are many sub-themes in the book, one of which is survivor's guilt and the issues of suicide among first responder communities yeah. and ex-military. On average, 22 vets take the lose their lives by their own hands yep. you know on a daily basis yeah. so ideal and suicide prevention in the book mm -hmm. as well as other various sub themes mm -hmm. yeah well with life liberty and the pursuit of happiness basically this is a book for any red-blooded american that still loves this country to take up and read right absolutely this is a pro america pro American Values book, as I like to say, this is not a book about death, despite the title. It's a book about life and living 
and those both foreign and domestic that want to deprive you of your life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Amen. Amen. And you mentioned that the media has shied away from covering really anything related to terrorist activity in the United States. Why do you think they want they don't want to cover this anymore? It just it doesn't help their side currently. Uh, the lockdown narratives help those that they are in league with. So they prefer that narrative rather than reporting all the news. Like I have a radio ad on a local station, WAM, W-A-A-M radio out of Ann Arbor. Uh, You may remember that station. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it talks about that. The whole ad is about terrorism hasn't ended, just the media hasn't focusing on it. But hope that it won't affect you is not a strategy. You have to be aware that things are going on around you, like that ostrich thing. Mm-hmm. Burying your head between the rails of the track because you heard a noise isn't mm-hmm. going to stop you from being bowled over by that train right? just because yeah. you don't see it or hear it coming anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you believe this has something to do with what's going down at the southern border in Mexico and the politics involved with that? Uh, well, they don't want to cover that either, really. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, it's not a narrative they uh, they want out there. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, there is an issue, and we have caught known terrorists, people on the terror watch list. My mouth stopped working there for a second. <laughs> uh that have come in through the open border of our open southern border. So, yeah, the border crisis is not just an immigration issue. It's a national security issue. And I do touch on, as one of the sub-themes in the book, on immigration. I don't dwell on it. But I touch on it because it is indeed related. There are a whole lot of things that are related here that people may not necessarily connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Like we failed to connect the dots before 9-11 and 9-11 happened. Right. Yeah. Amen. Who's the target audience that you wrote this book for? Well, let me pull a Marco Rubio here for a second. I'm going (laughs) to... Well, I'm glad you asked that because uh, you mentioned at the top Christian author. Well, yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I am an author. Does that de facto automatically make me a Christian author? Yes and no. The second book I'm planning is strictly a Christian book for a Christian audience. But when I sat down to write this book, that was not my intent. I sat down to write an honest book about terrorism, but you cannot have an honest conversation about terrorism without dealing with the religious and political aspects. So, yes, there are Christian values Mm -hmm. in this book. But again, the title, Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You, 
obviously it is not your normal fluffy Christian author kind of book. Mm -hmm. So yes, there are Christian values in this book, but it's not strictly a Christian audience targeted type book. You you discuss you discuss value from it. Yes, you discuss the Torah, the Quran, and the Bible in your book, right? Absolutely. How do you present these three different views in your book? Yes, yes, and also, uh, I mean, they hate Buddhists. They hate Hindus. They, you know, whatever. I mean, if you want to consider Scientology a real religion, which I don't, (laughs) you know, they hate all religions that aren't them. And talk about the the Islamists, right? Right. But the main targets are, of course, Christians and Jews. So that is, of course, the primary focus. And of course, not all Muslims are terrorists. Right. Not all terrorists are Muslims or Arab. And I mean, I know several Muslims being in the Detroit area. There's mm-hmm. Dearborn, Michigan, which is basically known as Little Arabia. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zudi Jasser, Dr. Zudi Jasser, if you know that name, has a book called Reform about reforming Islam. Uh, you know, so not all Muslims obviously have that mindset. I call them Giza, short for Global Islamic Jihadist Interim Army. These are Islamic fundamentalist radicals, but that doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Giza does, G-I-J-I-A. And it goes back to like Nazis. National Socialist Deutschland Abertur Party. Joseph Goebbels coined the term himself, Nazi Soshi, and we dropped it to just Nazis. So it's a short form to call this enemy. And again, they aren't the only terrorists, of course, but they are our primary concern and enemy at this point. And obviously, in 9-11, made us more aware of that. Right. And this goes back, though, a long time. Uh, Brian Kilmeade had, of Fox News has a book called uh, uh, How Something with Pirates in it. I forget the full title, but we fought Islamic radicals before. Thomas Jefferson yeah. built the U.S. Navy around the fact that Islamic radicals in the Middle East and the African continent were taking U.S. ships, enslaving U.S. ship workers, and stealing the cargo, and trying to create a caliphate back then. Mm -hmm. So this is history repeating itself. And this book is part history lesson, because a lot of people don't know this history. Our education system is so bad. Yeah. Well, you say this is a book within a book. Okay. Can you explain what that means and how it's used in your book, Terror Strikes? Yeah. Thank you for that question. Yeah. I'm certainly not the first to use that. It is a storytelling methodology. Uh, But uh, this book is a book like no other, other than this kind of thing we're going to talk about here. Uh, usually there's a formula for writing a book. I took that formula, took it to the bedroom where the shredder is and ran it through the shredder. (laughs) This book will be like no other. But in this respect, I do employ the 
the tried and true book within a book method. And that means my main character, Martin, who is a Detroit newspaper man, sits down to write a book about terrorism himself. So my book is about following Martin's process to write his book. But it is also like no other because I'm a former information technology person. There's also a blog within a book. Me, nor my publisher, nor anyone we've talked to has ever heard of that before. This book is probably the first to do that. My thinking is that no one under 40 knows life without the Internet. Yeah, People know right. what a blog is. Some, you know, older folks may not grasp it entirely, but that won't, you know, hurt their their enjoyment of the book. But I thought, yes, let's put a blog. Martin uses his blog that he wrote in 2003, which is actually my blog that I wrote in 2003. <laughs> I repurposed it, you know, into his <laughs> voice yeah. to fit the book. So, yeah, there's the book within the book. Martin's book is going to be called Terrorist Tracks. So it's kind of like Terror Strikes. Mm-hmm. And Terrorist Tracks is a double entendre, obviously not in a sexual way, but a double meaning. Tracks is in the old Sherlock Holmes sense, following mm-hmm. the tracks, connecting the dots, and also tracks as in railroad tracks. Because subway railways are a primary target of many terrorists. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of take the book yeah. down that method. But yeah, this book will be like no other you've ever read. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to tell that I'm a different kind of author when you get into it. <laughs> Amen. And your research for the book, uh, who did you discover is mainly financing these terrorist activities? Well, a lot of it comes out of Iran, and the, mm-hmm. they are still the primary uh, supplier of the funds behind the global jihad. Uh, okay. Some of it comes out of Russia because, as the saying goes, you know, don't feed the monster because eventually the monster is going to come to eat you too. But for now, it serves their purposes because mainly the terrorists are focused on Western culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then, like, going back to the idiotic Obama-Iran deal yeah. that gave them pallets upon pallets of millions upon millions of dollars, which they then funneled into terrorism. And Joe Biden now wants to reinstitute the Iran deal again, give them millions of more dollars again in yeah. the hopes that they won't develop nukes, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. They chant on a daily basis, death to America and death to Israel. It is their stated goal to destroy the state of Israel. And the way they're going to do that is with a nuclear weapon. Yeah. So we must stop that from occurring, because remember, they call Israel the little Satan, and I discuss this in my book. We are the big Satan. They want to destroy us both, yet we have idiots like Neville Chamberlainism, and I go into that in the book, wanting to appease the monster, hoping that the monster will not eat them. 
Yeah. And it just isn't reality. So my book serves as both part history lesson and part warning and part fiction. It's, Mm -hmm. I call it faction. It's a fact and fiction blend. Amen. It is also not just a U.S. book. Yes, my main character is a Detroit newspaper man. So the main story takes place in the United States. Mm -hmm. But there is a chapter on Toronto, Ontario, Canada, London, England, Madrid, Spain, Tokyo, Japan. So this is an international book. It's available worldwide. And it's about worldwide terrorism, not just me, not just us. Right. Amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Joseph M. Leonard. Now, as Joseph has stated, terrorism has not gone away just because of the COVID virus shut things down for a little while. The government and the news media just took it off the headlines. They would rather have you worry about getting COVID and climate change and things like that than the real threats facing this nation that they're doing absolutely nothing about. The problem is still out there. They are still coming for us. You need to get your own copy of Joseph M. Leonard's book, Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you. Just drop down to the show notes, click the links right there, get your copy today while you're thinking about it. But be sure to come back for the conclusion of this great interview with Joseph M. Leonard as he's sharing even more secrets that the government and news organizations don't want you to know about, but is happening all around us right now. Well, until then, this passed by reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. 
Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.